Hi, everyone. Aaron Antone here, co-host of Curious Church. Hey, before we get started with this episode, I wanted to prepare you for some small audio issues that we had while we were recording. Due solely to my negligence, I had a, a process running on my computer that was kind of hogging all the CPU power, and you don't care about any of the technical stuff. But anyway, just know that you might hear our voices kind of randomly speed up for a second. We thought there was enough great conversation in this episode and that it was listenable enough that we would release it. Uh, so that's what we're doing. Audio does improve, by the way, as the show goes on, so hang in there. Our guest was Kevin Adams, who we've had in the past to talk about the Psalms, and today we'll be talking with him about Psalm 8. We're going to start just a few minutes into the show, so let's join the show now. Already in progress. But we should let our listeners know that this is the real deal. Like, what you're hearing, like, this is not scripted. Like, no. it's just coming out of our mouths as you're hearing it. For has better there, or worse. Has there been some question about whether worse. our whole show is scripted? <laughs> There's been a lot of mail. I'm really surprised about this. <laughs> yeah. This is so good. They have to have written it all down before <laughs> yeah, right. they started. I don't think we're getting that kind of feedback. No, but, you know, it's nice to let people know that, you know, they're, they're experiencing something that's really fresh, that's really... You know, hot off the press. Hot off it's the hot. Press. It's fresh. <laughs> it is a, a you know, well-rounded breakfast. Yes, it's a veritable crispy cream of delight. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss donuts, by the way. I don't know if our listeners know this, and I'm almost finished with it. But I'm doing Whole Thirty, which is this cleanse, and you know, you, obviously, you look cleaner. Yeah, 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 healthier. But the the deal. I mean, it's a no donut diet. Well, cleanse. Is that, is that <laughs> it? It's basically the whole cleanse. It's, it's, really, it's structured the very simplest. Let me tell you, people, it's been eating tough. Donuts. <laughs> it's been tough. It's been tough. Four or five you can't even have donut holes. You can't even have donut holes. Not even the holes? No, not no. even the holes. That's just air. That's wow. sad. But anyways, I do love donuts, and um, but I haven't been able to have them. But, you know, there's this sad realization I've had since I've turned like upper 30s. That donuts, they upper look beautiful. Upper 30s, I turned 40. Okay, let me just say, it. I turned 40. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's this realization that donuts are beautiful. They have a nice shape, beautiful frosting, but they make me feel like a piece of. Yeah. Foods, we should do a so segment. Should- foods that make, me f- that make me feel bad. No, foods that make us feel bad. So you don't want to do. Our favorite donut shops. No. You want to do that? Kevin, do you have a food that makes you feel awful? Uh, I have to think about it. Fruit Loops. Oh, well. <laughs> Does Fruit Loops make anyone? It's been since my upper 30s. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, do you have anything? Do you have a food that just, you, you think it's going to be great and you eat it? You well, know? I love, well, I really like In-N-Out Burger, but every, I literally regret it every single time if wow. I eat there. So I don't really anymore. Like, we'll go and get the kids burger, but I don't eat anything anymore. When did that switch happen? Um, probably about 10 years ago. Lower 30s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matt, come on. Uh, no, not really. In fact, just the other day, I was like, I want to go to Jack in the Box. And so I went to <laughs> Jack in the Box, and it hadn't, I haven't been there in years. But Look how healthy like, you are. It was great. Like, you delicious. What did you eat? Uh, I had, oh, can I remember? It was just a cheeseburger yeah. and some curly fries. Yeah. But Rachel did, because that was because Rachel was kind of gone. So I went and got Jack in the Box, and she came back and said, it's a good thing you married me. Otherwise, you would be so fat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys true. remember being in your upper 20s? Upper 20s, yep. yeah. Oh, so young. 
Yeah, eat whatever eat you want. Yes. Oh, I could eat like a Snicker bar every meal. And I would gain any weight. Yeah, I can do it. They're yeah, practically good for you. Yeah, with they the peanuts are. and stuff. Protein, yeah. 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 Okay, our listeners should know that uh, we this have was unscripted. By the way, that was a, that was an unscripted convo. Let's all flip our pages at the same time. <laughs> Next <right>. page. <laughs> oh, Aaron, you, you missed page the line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, you know, this is really cool because we actually got a piece of physical mail. Wow. Which I'm very excited about. Sam has been begging for this. Yeah, I've been begging for it. I never thought it would happen. It did happen. The only the only kind of weird thing is it is anonymous. We got it from an anonymous person. A lot of our feedback actually ends up being anonymous. Well, I wouldn't say it's anonymous so much as it's from Wiley Wabagong. Yeah. It's pseudonymous. Yeah. Oh, pseudonymous. oh pseudonymous. nice. Pseud- pseudonymous? Oh, yeah, because they used a fake name. Right? A false Presumably, name. that's not the given name. But maybe. That's possible. I doubt it is. Hmm. Let me see where they sent it from. Here, send- oh, pass me that. Oh, well, it was marked January 21st, and it was Dear Matt, Sam, and Aaron. And this is, this is what uh, WW writes. I'm writing for three reasons. <clears throat> oh, and the weird thing is, it's like it's sent from like a weird, like you can't identify where it's sent from. You know, like they stamp the stamp uh-huh. with like yeah, a state. The canceled. Uh, yeah, it yeah. doesn't have that, so I don't know how they did this. This is pretty mysterious. It's a little freaky. <laughs> it's a little freaky. Okay, WW. Do we have any post office workers? <laughs> Wait, Here, Matt, read the uh, back of the envelope that it came in first. And see if there's a zip code on there. Please handle with care. And then these three words are underlined. Real mail enclosed. <laughs> okay. There's not an email in there. No. Okay, here's so Kevin's doing a little research right now. He's uh, trying to type in the some postal number. Anyways, so let us know, Kevin, if you find something. But here's what the letter says. I'm writing for three reasons. Number one, I wanted you to have some real mail. Apparently, this is very important to you. <laughs> so here you go. Okay, that's Correct. number one. Number two, I wanted to thank you... For hosting, they forgot four in there. Anyways, I wanted to thank you. I'm so picky. Correcting oh, feedback. Wow. Come on now. <laughs> Finally get some mail. Future mail. WW forgot the word four in there. I wanted to thank you for hosting such a day brightening and evening darkening podcast. Oh, we put them right to sleep. Which I'm not sure what evening darkening means. I get day brightening. It's like, oh, we made someone smile. We, yeah. we improved their day. But evening darkening? Just like whatever time of day it is, it just gets that much more that time Intense. of day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. High yeah. intensity. Yeah. And then the last one is I wanted to contribute an original tongue twister. So this well, is pretty cool because oh, okay. I've never heard this one before. Okay. It starts off with the word nude. So far, so good. Okay. <laughs> Maybe this is why the person was anonymous. Or, <laughs> anyways, nude Noah, Noah from the Bible. Okay. Nude Noah narrative. But anyone like to try? <coughs> Aaron's our resident. Well, I'm getting over some illness, so I might not be on top of my form, but uh, nude Noah narrative, nude Noah narrative, nude Noah narrative, nude Noah narrative. <laughs> <laughs> you did it! Wow. Okay, Matt, Very give good. it a little try. New Noah narrative, nude Noah narrative. Wow. <laughs> nude Noah narrative, nude Noah narrative, nude Noah narrative. That was kind of harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> okay, so, and then it was signed sincerely WW in pen. So there is a wow. little, so this thing's typed. But the, the signature is in, in, in like a ballpoint pen. Willy Wobbegon. Wobbegon? Oh, and then a parenthesis. Wiley, I think. Is Wiley? Oh, Wiley, Wiley. Let's see, Wiley. <laughs> you said Willy. Maybe. I think Willy's too dumb. <laughs> the author has a history of omitting things, so maybe they meant to say Willy. You forgot an L? I like that this person's Wiley. Oh, yeah, Wiley. Okay. And then it says in parentheses, another tongue twister at no extra charge. So apparently the name itself. Oh, it's a tongue oh, twister. Wiley Wobbegong, Wiley Wobbegong, Wiley Wobbegong, Wiley Wobbegong, Wiley Wobbegong. Anyways, thank you, whoever sent that. 
It scares us a little bit because it's anonymous. We, I mean, we asked for mail. It can't scare us. This, this was expected. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that it's anonymous scares me. <laughs> like, who is this person? And the fact that it's written by cutting out letters out of magazines <laughs> like a ransom note, that's a little weird. Yeah, I thought that was a little strange. <laughs> and the uh, picture of Sam's two eyes are just pasted right, to right, the bottom. Right. Yeah, the, uh, yeah that's a little, I thought that, that was a little weird. Otherwise, seriously, yeah, thank yeah, you so much. That yeah. was really and and the fact that WW's, it looks like it's signed in blood. But, uh, yeah, right, and the, right, the right. high resolution photos of all, all of us leaving our houses at various <laughs> right. times of the day, that's Sam, a little that's weird. This, this. Yeah, I thought that was a little off. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, there's Aaron's leaving his house. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Hey, we uh, that's wonderful feedback. Thanks, The Wiley. tongue twisters are now flooding in. Oh, uh, no. we got We got a message from Debbie Turbo on Facebook, actually. Messaged our Curious Church page. And this, this is really interesting, and not great for an audio medium, but she sent us a picture that accompanies a, um, a tongue twister. So I'm going to try to describe... Actually, the, the tongue twister kind of tells you exactly what it is. This is a ship, shipping, ship, shipping, shipping, ships. <laughs> and if you look at the image, if you look at the photo that she shared, it is a ship, shipping, ship that is in the process of shipping other shipping ships. <laughs> so I don't even want to try to say that one too fast. Aaron, oh, yeah. Aaron does, yeah. <laughs> But Aaron, here, I'll, I'll is this a trap? Is this kind of trap? It feels like a trap. It's a very, very Get the sensor trap. ready. It's a tricky trap. <laughs> you got the beep machine? Oh, that's a cool uh, picture, actually. Ship, shipping, ship, shipping, ship, 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 shipping, ship, shipping, shipping, ship, ship, shipping, ship, shipping, ship, 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 ship, Wow, that was so good. I like how was, every time you said it, it went up like an octave. I don't know if that had ship, to... Shipping, ship, shipping, ship, 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 ship. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it did kind of... I, I didn't know how high you were going to yeah, go. I, musical quality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were going up the scale. Wow. Wow. Song. Well, thank you, Wiley and Debbie. Yes. For the tongue twisters. Yes, thank it. you very Amazing. much. Okay, well, we have our special guest this morning. We're going to have a conversation with Kevin Adams. We were introduced him. But we're super glad that you're here. I'm super glad to be here. And, what an uh, esteemed company. Yes, and we're going we're gonna to have a conversation about this yellow uh, object that you wrote. Yeah. It's called a book. <laughs> yeah. It's bound. It's like pages together with type it's on bound. them. And it's bound together, glued yeah. together. And is there a Kindle edition of your book? There is. Oh, you can cool. go on Amazon and get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Help, the, help the guy out. Yeah, if we right. have any it's lesson, probably, like, help him. selling for like 75 cents. Yeah, know. help we'll, him buy we'll, a bag of skills. Yeah, help me buy a bag of skills. Anyways, we, if you want to go back and listen, we've been kind of, this has kind of been a, a series of conversations and we're slowly going through his book. And if you look back, we did chapter two, which was a meditation or a conversation on Psalm three. And then we did uh, chapter five, which is Psalm 27. We did chapter four, which is Psalm 13. We're not going in order here. So, but today we're going to talk about chapter two and the focus is Psalm eight. Psalm eight. And as I was reading it, I kept thinking, this is, this is a pretty good chapter. <laughs> this this guy can That's this guy can write. <laughs> this guy is pretty good. A constant surprise. It is. I'm surprised every time. Every chapter, it's like wow. <laughs> but um, you know, Psalm eight is kind of maybe you know maybe some psalms are a little more maybe obscure, mm-hmm. but Psalm eight is I felt like it was maybe a little more mainstream. Like maybe people might yeah. be familiar with a line or two from it. Yeah, and. 
What I thought was interesting was you started with this um, in your chapter. You started with, and you don't have to read the book, by the way, to you know to listen to this conversation. But you started off with a a story about uh, the moon landing, right? So tell us a little bit about that. The moon landing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was there. It. Yeah, give us some of that I, secret. It was in my late thirties. <laughs> yeah. My upper thirties. My upper thirties. Yeah, right. But what I thought was so interesting is you. Uh, do you remember what you wrote? Yeah, I, I do. I do. <laughs> Put it on the spot. Do you remember everything well, you've ever written? Do you want me to, to re- re- rehearse it for you or just talk in But general? what I thought was so interesting is you, at the very end, you, you talk about the whole moon landing, and then you talk about Buzz Aldrin, right. who, when it's searching for words to describe the experience, he goes to Psalm 8. Yeah. Which I think is so interesting because how, how, what, what yeah. words do you use to describe such a mag- majestic Yeah otherworldly experience. Right. And he, he reached and grabbed for a psalm. Right. Which I thought was so interesting. Right. Well, uh, Psalm 8 is one of the categories of psalms in the Psalter that is often called creation psalms. So mm. there's, like we talked about Psalm 13 before, which has this anguish, a lot of questions. Uh, there's Psalm 137, which is really um, kind of psalm of agony and uh, praying against your enemies. So there's all kinds of variety as we talk about um, Sometimes in these podcasts, but Psalm eight has this kind of uh, it's a it's it's a psalm, it's a psalm of celebration, really. So I find myself often if I'm hiking in the Sierras and I turn a corner, uh, I'll often just instantly start to say to myself, "Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth." Or if I sometimes there's a vista like um, I hike Mount Rose uh, right around Lake Tahoe uh, late last summer, and I just found myself sitting on this log overlooking the lake in a place I'd never been before, Lake Tahoe, this beautiful place, and just Psalm 8 flooded to my mind. So I think it's really like that, that uh, Buzz Aldrich experienced it. It's this psalm of creation wonder. It's a psalm especially for times when you think, oh, this is good, this is rich. So you can imagine uh, someone skiing doing the psalm or someone bike riding doing the psalm or someone at a day at a beach with their kids doing the psalm or with friends, right? It's a psalm for uh, celebrating God's good creation, I think, yeah. I wonder if it's the mark of a uh, of a healthy of a healthy God fearing person to to have that be sort of an instinctive reaction to majesty or especially specifically creation I think but like when I I, I remember starting when I because I I love to be outside too and then when you when you move from oh this is really a gorgeous spot to something along the lines of hallelujah instead. I yeah. feel like there's there's a shift kind of in the way that you are, that you, the way you can perceive the world, like when a psalm springs to mind in a certain moment, as opposed to uh, just, a, oh, this is awesome, or maybe just nothing, or maybe just like yeah. liking the beauty, but instead a, a psalm becomes part of your DNA. I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Well, and you, you've helped us so much, I think, as a church community, Aaron, to put the Psalms on our lips, to put them in our hearts. And I think the more and more we have this vocabulary of faith, this, this long-standing vocabulary of faith in our mind, the more those experiences um, become connected to, to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, hmm. right? So, I think it's interesting about the Psalm. I mean, we think that David wrote it. Yeah. And Could have been Aaron, but maybe David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, the the psalmist. So, if it is David, he it says, "When I consider your heavens," this is in verse three of the psalm. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, 
which you have set in place. So obviously he's he's looking up at the huge night sky, right? And he's looking at the stars, yeah. And he finds himself kind of breaking into this chorus of, you know, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in right. all the earth? So right. it's like he's being overwhelmed with the vastness, the beauty, and I think that's really amazing. Isn't it? I mean, you can imagine David. I mean, we think he was a shepherd boy for a long time, carrying the youngest of a whole group of. Uh, brothers and he's outside taking care of the sheep so it's easy to imagine him in that world saying a number of things or praying a number of things or evoking a number of things but um i remember one time we did a kind of a church hike up um the spectacular mountain and we camped at about twelve thousand feet and the idea was to summit to the fourteen thousand the next day i'd never camped at twelve thousand, so there's some elevation sickness involved <laughs> but in between the elevation sickness to see the stars um with no filter at 12,000 feet. Uh, David didn't have that uh, in you know Israel as we know it, but he had it unfiltered by light. So seeing that would be pretty spectacular, right? And I think we all resonate with that kind of experience. Now, what I think is interesting about, and you go to, you continue to talk about this in your book, is that when you talk about Psalm 8, you talk about its opening and closing lines yeah. really celebrate God and the splendor that we see in the universe. But then, but then there's kind of like an intersection of the psalm where the tone kind of shifts from looking up at the stars right. to kind of looking towards humanity, humanity. or even yeah, looking, right. looking inside. So looking right. and, and saying, what are human beings that you're mindful of them? So he's kind of like, so David's feeling, he's looking at the huge sky and thinking, I'm really small. Yeah. And... That, that interplay between who God is and who we are, and he is reveling in it, really. Um, he, Hebrew rabbis have this uh, midrash tradition where they'll write uh, kind of an excursus on something from the Old Testament. And a lot of people think this, Psalm 8, is a midrash or a, a rabbinical teaching, if you will, on uh, that, cre- that creation uh, section in Genesis 1 where it talks about making men and women in God's image. So hmm. what does it mean to be made in God's image? Well, it means that he has put you over the flocks of the fields and over the birds of the heaven, over the fish of the sea. It means that there's this dance, this interplay between God and those who bear the image of God. It's kind of a cool idea, right? It's very cool. Yeah. That was the, uh, when I wrote my, uh, my song version of Psalm 8, that was kind of the angle I wanted to take on it too. So the kind of the chorusy part is... Yeah, dealing with that, dealing with that interplay, maybe, and because uh, the song is called "Even Us," so it feels like we can name all this majestic mm. stuff, and then somehow we feel it's easy to feel insignificant in those moments. And then, uh, but the psalmist is saying, "No, you are, you're still mindful of us. We're still made in your image." Yeah. So, and it's even more. I mean, David, of course, didn't have telescopes, or he didn't have the Hubble Space Telescope, or right. you know, he's just looking at the stars in the sky today especially in the last like 100 years, we've discovered so much more about the universe that it's potentially, they think about 14.6 billion years old. There's billions upon billions of galaxies. You know, we're just, we're, we're, we're one little star system kind of on the outskirts of a Milky Way galaxy. Right. They now think that there's uh, black holes at the centers of most galaxies. Uh, 98% of the universe is made up of an unknown substance, which they call black or uh, dark matter or dark energy. So there's something kind of pushing the galaxies apart. So the universe is expanding. And, you know, the things that we've learned can make us feel really, I mean, if David felt small, Mm. then how much more so like today with knowing all that we know, 
we can feel so in, insignificant right. that, you know, we're just specks. We're just, we're nothing. But David doesn't go there. Right. David doesn't say, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm nothing. My life is nothing. You can easily go there, but David right. doesn't. Instead, he, he, and you say this in the book, that the psalm is really dealing with two key questions. Who's God? Yeah. And then who are human beings? So why doesn't David go to that place of utter insignificance? Well, it'd be curious if David knew the other stories going on. Like, did David hang out with his neighbors who are maybe from a different religious tradition or uh, what, um, you know, one of the other uh, people groups? Did he know there's alternate stories about the world being um, a violent place where, I mean, there's a, a Canaanite story or an Assyrian story where the, the creation story goes like this. One, two gods do battle. One god beats up the other god and kills him and takes that god and makes the heavens and the earth. Well, suddenly the world is a violent place. It's full of violence. And that's one story to live into. And David claims this other story that he's part of. So I think he really understood his part in the big story of God. Maybe that's projecting a little too much on him. But if you read other things he wrote, and then you read things written about him in First and Second Samuel, you'd think he, he came to know his story. didn't know it all once. Sometimes he acted out of a different story, out of selfishness or narcissism or power play. But in that moment was a good moment for him, I think, uh, and something he came back to, Psalm 8. You don't know, did he write it as a shepherd boy? Did he write it as a king later in life? You know, did he write pieces of it? Songwriting kind of happens in chunks sometimes. You see, I think he was really living into that story. Yeah, and you see yeah. something kind of interesting in your book where you suggest that may, maybe Disney can help us here. Oh, yeah, isn't it? That, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, so maybe Disney helps, helps us understand a little bit better who we are. Yeah, there, it, there's a sense in which uh, there's truth in every story, and there's certain people who could really give a witness to everybody's a princess <laughs> and everybody's a prince. To another episode. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. I heard that story, uh, but isn't that kind of uh, cool that it, Disney's getting it right? We are—they don't phrase it this way—we are made in the image of God. We are people, each one of us, to be <clears throat> celebrated and um, really admired in a certain way. It's, it's kind of a cool. See, I mean, C.S. Lewis, right, and J.R.L. Tolkien talk about this. There are myths out there in the world. And Disney does a great job of telling myths and celebrating mm. those stories. But they had this idea that the center of all those myths or behind all those myths is the really true story of God dying and rising again and all of us having great significance because of it. I mean, part of what they're, I think part of what Disney gets right and why they resonate so much with us is exactly what you say. They tap into this, really this biblical truth where a lot of times in a Disney story, you have a prince or a princess where they've forgotten who they are yeah, and they're acting out of another story. Yeah. And then at some point there's something that happens or a sage or some kind of wise person that comes along and reminds them of their true identity. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie is really them living into that identity, coming to believe it. And in some sense, that's who we are. Like you could even think of us as, you know, living in sin is really a sense of like amnesia where we've forgotten who we truly are. And so right. we're acting out of our, out of our, sin nature but part of the gospel story is to remind us no you are you, you're royalty you're a you're a prince you're a princess you are brothers and sisters of jesus yeah. and jesus is the king yeah or the prince of peace or however you want to phrase it so we're not just god's children but we're royalty in some sense and so the call is tend to live as royal children so you should ask yourself every morning when you get up how would a prince live today or how would a princess live and then you kind of live out of that identity, which is kind of cool. So that's how Disney helps yeah, us a little really bit. Cool. But they're really just tapping into a much larger biblical story, which is, you know, we would say is very, very true. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. This ties in really nicely with, I went to a seminar at a conference last week, and it was uh, Lester Ruth, who is, I think, at Duke Divinity School. 
was presenting and the name of this particular seminar was a serious play. And at one point in the, in the seminar, he kind of paused and then he pointed at the audience and he said, you are a royal priesthood, which of course is language from scripture. Like first Peter picks up this kind of language and it was like kind of affronting. <laughs> I, it wasn't uh, um, confronting, but it was like, whoa. Uh, and then he said, do you, do you feel that way when you get up and look in the mirror in the morning? Because you should. You should believe this about yourself. And so one of the things that he was talking about is the power of our imaginations uh, to form us and the way, and sort of the serious play, actually the serious ways that our imaginations are invited, should be invited into our sort of Christian experience. Which I think also, you know, this is time together, maybe a few conversations we've had on the podcast relates back to some of our conversations about authenticity. What it looks like to sort of live into um, this description of ourselves that doesn't always feel true, but is in fact the truest thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so in some sense, this psalm is beautiful because it's helping raise our imaginations. You know, we're, we're not currently here sort of looking at the stars, uh, but we can enter that space sort of imaginatively with David. And uh, it sort of brings us, you know, I, I don't have flocks under my care, <laughs> but what does it look like to be the kind of person who uh, could have flocks, you know, under my care and do that well as sort of a steward? So I think it's interesting is, you know, if we, and Matt's talking about this too, if we take our identity seriously, if we are truly royalty, brothers and sisters of Jesus, then it's easy to think, okay, well, now that I'm a prince or a princess, people need to serve me, <laughs> right? Bring me my steak, bring me my slippers. Bring me you know? my donut. Yeah, or I get the best parking spot or whatever it is. Right. But then Jesus really shows us when he washes his disciples, he, he's, he says, now here's how to be royalty, and he right. serves. Right. And so, so the way, but you say this at the end of the chapter that you can really take this thing and, and go too far with it. Right, and you say, isn't it enough that we're just a little lower than the angels? <laughs> like, could you be satisfied with that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. That's but, but we have a tendency to want to take it. Like, we have to be better than the angels. We right. have to, you know. Well, and it's interesting, right? So the the favorite image in the Psalms is that God is King. Hmm. So if you read the Psalms, he, he just keeps saying, "I'm a King," and we keep adoring Him as King. So even Psalm 23, that much loved one, the Lord is my shepherd. A lot of people think that was. A shepherd was a uh, king was supposed to be a shepherd of his people, looking out for his people. And then you do Psalm 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. All those are kingly psalms. So it's just celebrating God the king, cover to cover. So then Psalm 8 really fits. Uh, we are princes and princesses. We are nobility, dukes and duchesses, maybe. But um, yeah, there's a sense in which we are under uh, his kingship. But that gives us a sense of being able to play and delight and to revel in rather than feeling small. It really heals our imagination and our sense of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Say something about like in your book, you talk about Psalm 8 and how really it's a song to human dignity. Yeah. And then that played a role in... Yeah. In a, uh, American Christians realizing slavery as it was being lived, in, well, in any form, but especially as it was being lived in the American South was wrong. So there are some places, right, in the New Testament where it sounds like Paul saying, you know, for the sake of the gospel, stay where you are. If you're an unmarried person, stay unmarried. If you're a married person, stay married. If you're a slave... Uh, work to serve your master. I mean, there's a whole different kind of understanding of slavery in the first century. But it, uh, American people, especially American Christians, took that to say, hey, slaves, you should stay where you are. But the slaves knew this was wrong. And more and more other people knew this was wrong. So then, but if it's in the Bible that it appears slavery is some way kind of baptized, you would say, or, or okay, 
in your bones you know this can't be right this can't be right and so the bible uh, the folks who interpreted the bible looked to other places and psalm 8 was one of them where you say look at this we are made a little lower than the angels we are not supposed to be treated like cattle or treated like um, uh, someone who just makes widgets or does something to improve the economy right we we each single person so it's interesting a lot of slave owners wanted their slaves to uh, be oriented to the Bible because they were Christian people or because they thought they might be subservient. But the the slaves, they had two favorite books. One was the story of Moses, uh, for obvious reasons, the Exodus leading mm -hmm. to freedom. But the other were the Psalms, because in the Psalms, they learned to sing with gusto to the God of all creation, right? And they knew in their bones they were better than how they were being treated. So if we think about like, um, you know, kind of heading out of this conversation, what like what do you think we could have some like takeaways or what are some like things that we can hold on to? Like, do you think we should memorize this psalm? <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what he might uh, say. Yeah. 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 This, I mean, if or you, memorize a line or two. Or? Memory, uh, yeah, it's always good to memorize a line or two. If all you know is, oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And then you turn a corner and see Lake Tahoe or you turn a corner and see Monterey Bay Pen uh, Peninsula or the bay itself or you're kayaking along in the Pacific Ocean and you see um, dolphins starting to go with you. If all you know is that line, oh, Lord. That's I'm an Lord. average day for That's an average day. <laughs> when I'm not here doing the podcast, those are the kinds of things I'm doing. Uh, but, uh, or, yeah, you're just driving along and you see, like last night on the way to teach at William Jessup, there was a spectacular sunset that goes on. Or to see a birth of a child. Um, I don't know how it goes. Right? Mm -hmm. Have a birthday for your... Uh, Six-year-old. Mm -hmm. Those are those. That would be a good thing mm -hmm. to know. If um, when I teach in seminary class uh, formation, I encourage folks to memorize the old practice of the church. Is you're not fit for ministry until you have all 150 psalms memorized. Uh, celebrated especially by the Ethiopian Coptic Church, huh. but um, or Orthodox Church. But to even have five or six go-to psalms, this would be one of those. You want a psalm for when things are going really well. You want the Psalms for when things are going really bad uh, and things are really confusing and disorienting. You want it, that's why five or six, but this will be on the list for sure. Yeah, Psalm mm. 8. Yeah. Don't be afraid to memorize Psalms, people. That's not so hard. Or <laughs> to do it. We encourage you. Yeah, this one's a short one. <laughs> line by line. It's yeah, about you being a prince line. or a princess. Come on, what's yeah, that you, to want to think about? You don't want that hanging out in your noodle somewhere? All right. And if you don't want to <laughs> sing the, or, or memorize a Psalm, memorize or sing Aaron's song. It's terrific it's really the, terrific. The music thing, is a great way to every time i things. hear it is it is it's a great way to memorize them and every time i hear your uh song your rendition of psalm 8 i, I feel like i'm driving into yosemite which is a pretty good place to be nice. yeah that's, pretty yeah, good that's, place a, to be. that's a nice compliment yeah. yeah um i think another maybe takeaway from this is you know some of us like matt was talking about we really need to look into the mirror and to see ourselves more truly how god sees us because we have so many voices in our heads so many things that people have told us and we wake up in the morning sometimes feeling defeated already or really feeling bad about ourselves but i think psalm 8 really helps us to maybe see ourselves more clearly yeah. and um but the other thing is it helps us see our neighbor more clearly too yeah that that person who annoys you in the office is made a little lower than the angels, if you can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it would be a little bit narcissist to say, I'm a prince or a princess, and you're not. Yeah, right. Yeah, right? Yeah. And this psalm was saying, nope, everybody is. There's another place in the Bible where it talks about we are all God's favorites. Yeah. <laughs> and the mm -hmm. psalm is something in the spirit of that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Kevin. Oh, thanks. I think all I, of I you. Yeah, yeah, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Yeah.
You're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you write. You write really nice. <laughs> like when you, you put words write. together. When you put words together, they make sense. <laughs> it flows. And there's a point at the end of it all. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. That Ser- means a lot to me. Seriously, Seriously if, um, it means a lot to if, me. You know, if you haven't picked up this book, uh, it's really great. And I say that with all sincerity. It's really, really great. So, you. Uh, it's so called 150. It's called 150, Finding Your Story in the Psalms. Kevin you, Adams. You can get the Kindle edition for nine ninety nine. Yep. Oh, there you go. Yep. Or you come to our church and you yep. might get one. For free. For wow, free. that's a, that's a good plug. There it is. There's an invitation. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, thanks, everybody. We're going to do a section, a little segment called My List. And this morning, we have Matt. No. Oh, we don't. Oh, we have Aaron. Okay. We still have Matt. You looked really really scared when I I looked at you. I was like, why is his arm extending to me? Five things. I'm not prepared. Yeah. You looked alarmed. All right, Aaron. Give us, give us, not my list, but. Your list. My list. Okay, these are. Um, do we know how this works? Should I explain? Well, a I kind of forgot. Can you? These are my. They're not top anything. You ready for this? I'm switching it up. Okay. It's five things that go that are ranked from. <laughs> I like them to I don't like them. Oh wow! So this is a spectrum. Okay, so so number five. I is, don't like number. You don't five. like, but it's actually your top five though. No, it's not his top. Not it's top. the spectrum. <laughs> it's top and bottom. <laughs> and okay, this is a little confusing. I'm, I'm well, a little thrown we'll right into, now. We'll get into it, and I think it'll okay, make sense. Okay, I'm <clears throat> Okay. These are my, not top, but these are my, these are, these are five citruses. That are your favorite. Order of I like them to I dislike them. Oh. Okay. So. Got it. There okay, are some I'm still a little confused, but go ahead. Where are you starting? Start, I'm going to start with number one. Okay, so you like I know this. what it is. Favorite. I know what it is. My number one favorite citrus fruit. Do you know what it is? Yeah. What? Grapefruit. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> How did you know? Because it's so good. Grapefruit that, is so good. It's like the perfect. Let me just take this over. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. Take it. Okay, let me just talk about grapefruit go. for a second here. Yeah, go. It's the perfect blend. It's a little sour. It's a little sweet. Mm-hmm. It's fun to cut up, you know, to cut into. There's like a little it's bit like of work. Segments. You oh. cut little segments yeah. out. Uh, you can roast it. I don't know if you've ever done that in the oh, oven. No, yeah, no, no. put a little sugar on it or whatever, a little syrup on it. Roast it. It's a it's a treat. Anyways, it's like a nice size. You don't have to eat it all at once. You can cut it in half. Wait, did you know Simpatico. that grapefruit was his number one? No, that was just no. Wow, my mind is pretty blown here. Okay, so let me t- let me just take over your list. Okay, okay <laughs> number two, number two, my my second favorite citrus fruit. <laughs> Would be, which is probably yours as well, the tangerine. No. Oh, okay. You go ahead. Can I go? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That guess. was great. Yeah, I think you covered everything with, that I was going to say about grapefruit. If if you had gotten all five of his lists, I would have quit the podcast. <laughs> I just would have. I would say, you guys don't need me. You, there's a spiritual thing happening here. That there I'm is a connection. A of. Knock over your mic. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Number two. I have to quick say, though, about grapefruit. Ruby red grapefruit? Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Ruby red. You can do the sugar thing. But also, what's good on it is salt. Have you ever sprinkled oh, salt yeah. on a grapefruit? Because mm-hmm. then you kind of get that tart, and the salt is really good together. Matt doesn't really like citrus. He only likes candy bars. Uh, I, he looks a little like he doesn't know what we're talking about when we say citrus I think fruit. I've had grapefruit like once in my life. 
Matthew. I, I don't feel like I'm really. I don't feel. I mean, I feel more like I'm missing out now. If but. anyone, if anyone out there would like to send Matt <laughs> a grapefruit in the mail, however you want to f- do that, feel free. If that happens. We might eat it on air. Yeah. I, lo- I think someone should try to put the address just right on the peel with a Ooh, sharpie yeah, and then just slap some stamps on it and <laughs> see, <laughs> see if it makes it. I think you could do it with coconuts, actually. Right, yeah. Oh, I've right. heard that before. Yeah. Okay. okay, my number two citrus that I like, but not quite as much as grapefruit, is lemon. Oh, okay. Okay. That's so, interesting. I mean, I'm not That's talking a... about just peeling a lemon and munching on it, yeah. obviously, although... We used to live in a house that had a lemon tree in the backyard, and it was Meyer lemons, yeah, which Meyer are, are the best. They're not super sour, so when you, if you wait till they're really ripe, they peel really easily, and you can just yep. those things. Right Meyer lemons, yeah. Write wow. it down, Matt. Write it down. <laughs> Meyer lemon, but they're great for cooking. They're great for like salads, squeeze some salad your, dressing, squeeze some in your water, make some lemonade. How do you spell Meyer? M e y e r. Matt, we should uh, do a thing where you buy all these fruits and then we watch you eat them. Yeah, we need some more. We, we need some fruit. We could do that. Need, some more gimmicks. Some, our, our show really needs some more gimmicks is what I hear you <laughs> we say. We need more citrus mouth-smacking sounds. <laughs> yeah. mm, oh, it's good. Okay, I'm excited for number three. Number three is? Obviously the orange. I like it. It's lime. Oh. oh. Kind of similar reasons with the lemon. It's like it's good on a lot of things. It's awesome Lemon's in good. guacamole, guacamole beverages, mm-hmm. pretty much like all Mexican food. Squeeze some lime juice yeah. on there. Oh, pitch tacos with yes, lime. Yes, yes. Super. Okay, good. I'm kind of pumped about this list right now. It's good, right? <laughs> I'm getting more excited. It's making me hungry, keep... actually. Number four. Uh, I know what it is. The orange mandarin. Yeah. Oh, I like the little mandarins that they're easy to peel and they're sweet. Yeah, it's not too much of that uh, stupid stringy stuff. Those are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're e- and it's not a, a huge thing, so you can eat it without feeling like. Ugh. Number five, oranges. Uh, <laughs> I hate oranges. Oranges suck. <laughs> what about orange juice? Orange juice is great. That's a different category. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So oranges it's, it's they're a- stringy and yeah. bitter. They're way too much work. Uh, a lot of times they're too big. And it's like so much, and you're like chewing on it forever, and yeah. the juice is long gone, and now you're just like chewing on Mouthful of pulp. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Awful. So was no. that a list of four things that you like and one citrus that you hate, or was it a genuine <laughs> spectrum? <laughs> I'm trying to understand. It's a genuine spectrum. There's just a big no, gap there's between not four a and five. Oh, Matt, See, Matt nailed this. Gap. Matt nailed this. You wanted to talk about four citruses that you like, and then it's actually you had a beef about the orange. <laughs> that you just slid into you your list. You just slid in there. Oh, I don't want to complain about one. It's not my top list. It's my four favorite, and then the one I hate. Look, I like mandarins <laughs> more than I like oranges, and I like limes more than I like mandarins. Yeah, okay. So, you know, it's a spectrum. I didn't hit every point on the spectrum. They're infinite number I of thought points. they might be evenly spaced, I thought but so that's too. not what you were going for. No. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Okay, that makes sense. That's my list. I, I take would, it or leave it. I would eat I'll all take of it. them okay. except the orange. You don't like oranges either? <laughs> I don't like oranges either. Yeah. Do, do, how do you feel about oranges? Uh, I've never, if I had a choice between all five of those, yeah. I would take the grapefruit first. Then I would take the lime. Yeah. Then I would take the lemon. Then I would take the mandarin. Then I would take the. So orange. you would only switch the the lime and lemon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I love guacamole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tried to make guacamole with lemon once. It does not work. I feel like the only isn't that interesting because they're so similar. You'd they think, are, but they 
The only time I'm in for oranges is like if I'm playing a soccer game or something as a halftime snack and you can get the smiley face going, but I've never played soccer like that. So Matt, have you this ever is just a hypothetical? Scenario. Have you ever played any sport? Wow, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at you. Play, ask you that. play basketball. Well, right? I, grew I, up. I feel like you're We've talking hypothetically this. here. Like if I was this. playing a well, sport. Yeah, I've never played that soccer, so I'm not actually in for oranges in that scenario. But I did play if cricket. I played a sport up, game. We've talked about uh, I played kangaroo cricket. <laughs> kangaroo cricket. That's right. That's so cute. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, if it was a, if we were doing a video version, I would bring in my trophies from kangaroo cricket. Yeah. Well, everyone, another curious church podcast in the books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have we uh, grown, Matt? Give us a little update. Nope. We've not grown. We might have backslidden a little bit. <laughs> so we lost pretty classic, the, pretty classic Christian issue, really. We lost a couple of people. You're saying, yeah. You sort of come in part of a revival, and then you go yeah. back to your regular life. Holidays hit. Mm. Well, if you've unsubscribed, obviously you're not even hearing this. But I'd like to, I'd like just to say to you, your loss. <laughs> someone who someone who's listening, go tell that person if you know who they are. Tell them. Just say your loss. Don't even give context for it. Just say, your loss. Your loss. You don't know anything about the citrus spectrum. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good tongue twister. Do it. Citrus spectrum. Citrus spectrum. Citrus spectrum. Citrus spectrum. Citrus spectrum. <laughs> that's hard. Citrus spectrum. Citrus. Nope. Wow. Try to get faster One. and faster. Citrus spectrum, citrus spectrum, citrus spectrum, citrus spectrum. It's wow. really hard. That one's a hard one. Nice. Good one. Thank nice you. Job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's go. Let's leave these people alone. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, include <laughs> include that unsubscribe person. Leave them alone too. Let them. Yeah. Leave let, them alone. Yeah. Don't, you don't need to go and tell You're them lost. that they're lost. No, you don't need to do that. <laughs> just leave them alone. <laughs> we respect them still. They are just a little lower than the angels. <laughs> That's right. They have human dignity. Hey, you're a little lower than the angel Gabriel. Okay, let me just. Put, but your loss. <laughs> I'm Sam. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Thanks for being curious with us. We should say uh, for Kevin. Oh, for Kevin. <laughs>
Jesus has just begun Night skies show us just how small we are Light and shadow, planets, moons and stars Yet you Yet you love 